I don't get how you feel. Mm. I don't even know the deal. Because mm. you don't know my life and you don't know my job. Girl, you know this TV show ain't real, yeah. When the camera's gone, will we still get along? Will our relationship still be strong? You don't know cause things ain't clear. And if the fame goes, would you still want me to propose? Or is it just for the TV show? I got an idea. Why don't you be my girlfriend? Let's take it slow. I know Jesse's telling you to tell me no, but baby, if you were my girlfriend, we might actually last. So please, let's not go too fast. Girl, you should be my girlfriend. <laughs> wow, who remembers that song? Who remembers that album? God, I miss sync. Hello, and welcome to The Trashler. How are y'all? I cannot believe we're almost done with Two Girls, One Season. It's felt very long, yet super short at the same time. And I also can't believe we're almost done with the first season of podcast recaps. Oh my God. I've been having a blast with these, so thank you, thank you to everyone who's been listening. But be honest, do you still miss my video recaps? Do you miss the Trashler Instagram lives? Hell, are you a true OG fan and miss my essay recaps? Blah. Please let me know. I'm always open to feedback on how to make Trashler as fun and as entertaining as possible, but more on that in a sec. Oh, and quick note, no fantasy shout out this week since everyone's picking the same two guys, so nobody ranked over anyone else. But next week is the actual finale. I got that wrong last podcast. So I'll announce the overall winner next episode. <sighs> Exciting. So speaking of feedback, someone recently told me that this podcast should be less recap and more opinions. <laughs> well, don't I have an opinion on that? No, just kidding. I actually completely agree with this. Recapping an episode in video form was fine because you can insert clips, show pictures, blah. So you didn't necessarily have to watch the episode to follow along. But in a podcast, ugh, it just doesn't really make sense. You're not really listening to a podcast because you don't know what happened in the episode. You're here to discuss it, to talk about it. And to be honest, I kind of just fell into that strict recap format because that's what I was doing for my videos. And it's just a really easy way to structure podcast episodes. Go through the episode chronologically, no additional thought, boom, boom, boom. But podcasts should be more thoughtful than that, you know, more interesting than that. So for this episode, that's what I'm focusing on. Less recap, more opinions. I'm still obviously going to start in the order of the episode, but I want to give myself space to dive deeper into certain topics. Because isn't that where the fun is? Isn't that the whole point? So yeah, let's play with the format this episode, and please hit me up on Instagram and let me know what you think. Greg it up, give it to me, come on. Greg it up, give it to me, come on. I want your feedback, feedback, oh, feedback, feedback, oh. Okay, enough singing, Jesus Christ. All right, finale part one. What did we think? I'm honestly confused as to how this is a part one in the first place. Like, we have our final guys. There are no guys left. Isn't that literally the whole point? 
Wow, I just realized something. I was just talking about switching up the format of this podcast, and the Overlord switched up the format of this episode, too. Oh, God, I swear that's just a coincidence. They're not brainwashing me. I don't work for them. But this is apparently part one of two finale episodes, yet at the end of part one, we have our final guys, and we kind of combine this episode with the After the Final Rose episode. Okay, take a shot every time I say the word episode, I hate myself. But just so everyone's on the same page, let me break down the traditional Bachelor season structure. So we do the limo entrances and then the normal episodes with the group dates and stuff. Then when there are only four guys left, we do the hometowns episode. Someone goes home at the end of hometowns. So the next week is the fantasy suites episode with the final three guys. Someone goes home at the end of fantasy suites. So then the week after that is the finale with the final two guys. And the finale is usually three hours long as opposed to the usual two because the first two hours is the last episode and then the last hour is a special called After the Final Rose, which is filmed live or as close to live as possible, aka months after filming, just like the mental all. The point of After the Final Rose is to check up on the lead and the final pick to pretty much ask one question, are y'all still together? In my opinion, After the Final Rose is always the best part of the finale. Shit goes down on After the Final Rose, okay? Because since it's filmed in real time, everyone's had a chance to watch the season with all of us, so they always have something to say. Also, throwback to Jason in 2009 and Ari in 2018, who proposed to their final girls in the finale, then in the After the Final Rose, simultaneously broke up with her and got back together with their second choice. Yes, this happened, and yes, it happened two separate times with two separate bachelors. Yes, and both are still married to those girls today. What? Shit goes down on After the Final Rose, y'all. I'm telling you. So that's how the season usually plays out. Episode 8 is Hometowns, Episode 9 is Fantasy Suites, and Episode 10 is the finale and After the Final Rose. But that's clearly not how this season is going. I get that they had to separate Fantasy Suites into two episodes since we literally have double the amount of guys, but this finale is totally different. And not just because it's broken up into two episodes again. They stuffed the After the Final Rose in with the finale, like a Papa John stuffed crust pizza. There is no separation between cheese and crust. They have now fused into one and it will give you diarrhea. Okay, but yes, this week we kept cutting between the last episode in Mexico and the current live studio audience in LA. We're on two separate timelines, like a freaking Doctor Strange movie. On one hand, I liked this because they're keeping it fresh, they're mixing things up. But on the other hand, when someone gets sent home in the finale, there's always a chance they come crawling back to the lead and asking them to take him back. With this format, there's no chance of that. As soon as Rachel surprisingly sent Zach home, I was like, okay, that was weird. He's definitely coming back in part two of the finale. But then they cut to the studio and he's there and they talk about their breakup. Same thing with Avon later on, so now we're like 100% sure that neither of them are coming back. So it just sucks the fun out of that. It sucks the suspense clean out. Also, if After the Final Rose is mixed in with the episode, then what the fuck are they going to do next week? Like, as I already said, we literally have our final two guys. We have no chance of the other finalists coming back. And yet we have a three-hour finale next week with no clear-cut After the Final Rose? 
Like, is next week seriously just going to be Erich and Cheese King Tino waffling between proposing or not? Because if I wanted to watch someone who doesn't know if they want to propose or not, I would just, oh, no, no, I'm not making that joke. Too soon. Too close to home. Okay. First things first, let's talk about the looks for the After the Final Rose. Oh my God. What did you think? Because my opinion actually changed so much over the course of the episode. When the girls walked out and I saw Gabby with her wild disco wavy hair extensions and Paris Hilton cowl neck silver dress, I was like, yes, disco diva, work it. Then I saw Rachel standing next to this dancing queen in a brown dress. Oh my God, this is your finale, the finale of your own season and you're wearing brown? Come on, Rach. So that's what I initially thought, but then... As we saw them more and more, I couldn't keep my eyes off Rachel. Y'all, I'm gonna say it. She looked stunning. That dress fit her like a glove. Perfect size, perfect length. Her hair was gorgeous, but the real star of the show was her damn face. Her face looks like it was beat by makeup by Mario himself or Kylie Jenner's makeup artist. Like her makeup was flawless. And I think she got like some new jaw or lip filler. I don't know, but she looked perfect. I couldn't stop looking at her lip gloss either. Like it was so glassy and the perfect shade of brown nude. Perfect. Where was this energy the entire season, Rachel? Maybe Meatball wouldn't have turned down your rose. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was terrible. Oh my God. Love you, Rachel. But seeing the two girls sit next to each other, I kept thinking that Rachel's makeup was RuPaul's Drag Race level perfect, while Gabby's looked like she did it in the car on the way here. And the disco look was fun, but I think it would have been better for a group date night portion, not the finale. She looked great, but the finale look should be you at your absolute all-time best. Rachel knocked it out of the park. Gabby, mmm, theme party. But who knows, she is going to be on the next season of Dancing with the Stars, so maybe she just filmed a 70s promo? You never know. So the actual episode picks up right where we left off last week, with Zach interrupting Rachel at her rose ceremony. He tries to save face one last time, but Rachel keeps saying she got, quote, clarity with him during the fantasy suite, which pretty much translates to, we're done. By the way, I think I'm going to make a Bachelor glossary sometime soon. (laughs) There's just so many Bachelor buzzwords, and this episode was full of them. Clarity. Questioning my character. I'm going to define them all one day. It'll be my masterpiece. So Zach also understands the true meaning of her saying clarity and leaves right there. Y'all, I hated this. I know she was probably just trying not to cry, but God, she showed no emotion. Sending Zach home like this just seemed so out of the blue and I really feel for him. He was the only guy this season to say, Rachel is the one. Rachel is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. This whole episode, Rachel was going on and on about how all she wants is to be engaged, and babe, you just unceremoniously sent home your chance at that. Zach was such a main character this whole season, and I just couldn't stand that he left like this. I hope his DMs are flooded right now. He just seems like a really good, wholesome guy. Oh, sucks. So now Rachel's finally down to two guys, Tino and Avon. Another finale tradition is that the top two guys meet the Leeds family. So Rachel's mom, famous egg-headed dad, gay best friend, and boring straight girl best friend are in Mexico to meet Avon and Tino. 
Avon's first, and I just can't stand the way Rachel says his name. Avon. Oh my god, please, someone give this girl vocal lessons. I'll pay for it. The main takeaway from this family time is that the gay best friend and boring straight girl best friend pretty much waterboard Avon into confessing he's not ready to propose. I saw this as a nice moment of honesty and him letting his guard down around her best friends, but that is uh, not how Rachel saw it. She pretty much explodes at the thought that he told her he's ready to get married and is now like, wait, actually, I hate this narrative because it tells us that Rachel wants to be engaged more than she wants to be in a healthy relationship. When you start valuing a wedding, an engagement ring, a dream dress, when you start focusing on that and not building the foundational blocks of a healthy relationship, honey, while you're looking for that dress, find a good divorce lawyer. A wedding is only one night, but you're stuck with that fuck for the rest of your life. So you better make sure you're aligned on money, kids, boundaries, religion. Build that foundation. A five-carat rock can't fill in those cracks for you. Later on in the episode, Rachel and Avon ultimately break up because she just can't get over how he doesn't immediately want to make her a pretty, pretty princess bride. Rachel is so anxious during this last date that it honestly made me really uncomfortable. I have pretty bad anxiety, so watching someone literally vibrate with nerves, watching someone not blink for minutes on end and their jaws are just locked in place... It just made me sick, and I also feel super bad for her. Anxiety sucks. I also hated how as soon as she walked into their last date, Avon was like, do you want champagne or anything? And she goes, let's just talk. Like, girl, accept the champagne, take a deep breath, have a little sip, you'll be okay. But yeah, they continue to talk in circles, and she ends up sending him home. Avon was making so many rational points, though, and I hate how this show punishes rational people like him, like Jason, because they'd rather have hot, dumb guys who get wrapped up in the fantasy. The bottom line is this. The show is not about creating lasting relationships. It's about making good television. I wish everyone on the show understood this. The overlords do not care about love. The overlords do not care about you. Even oh dark lord Chris Harrison said this. He said a while ago, even without the Rachel Kirkinell drama, that he was considering leaving for a while. He also felt traumatized dealing with these people's love lives and manipulating them left and right, and the overlords basically told him to shake it off and keep going. Again, the overlords do not care about you. The overlords do not care about lasting relationships. If they did, we wouldn't be casting 24-year-old Instagram stars in the first place. If they did, Jason would have a serious shot. Avon would have a serious shot. The stakes would be so much higher because it would actually be a time-tested way to find love. But that's sadly not the case. And I hate to see good guys like Avon and Zenis Reynolds go out like that. And I hate to see great girls like Gabby and Rachel succumb to that pressure. Focus on lasting love, ladies, not the ring, not the dress. Focus on building a life together, period. Erich also met Gabby's family, but he already met Grandpa John during that bowling one-on-one a while back, so he basically has an advantage there. When I was watching this, I was thinking, wait, what if the family hates him? She doesn't have another guy to introduce. But then I thought, oh wait, that's just like real life. When you introduce your boyfriend to your family, you don't have a backup. It's just like real life. 
the stakes for Erich meeting the family are just as high as they would be in real life because, well, he's the only one. He knocked this date out of the park, though. He told her dad that he's obsessed with his daughter, he loves her cutting sense of humor, and this just made my heart melt. Something about how he said the word obsessed, oh, it just got me. The word love is thrown around so much on this show that I love to hear a genuine turn of phrase. Obsessed. Ugh, hot. Also, Grandpa John is crying tears of joy, saying he wants the best for Gabby, and in all the trailers, the overlords edited that to be negative. Like they weren't tears of joy. The overlords don't care about us. They think we're stupid. I will scream this from the rooftops. One last thing I loved about Erich's family date is Gabby's one-on-one time with her aunt. She seemed like the most wise person on earth, just dropping bars left and right. Gabby was opening up to her about her insecurities, and her aunt just goes, Tell all of this to Erich. If you really think he's the one, then let him be the one to understand you. Oh my god, absolute bars. Jay-Z who? Brene Brown who? Amanda Gorman who? If you really think he's the one, then let him be the one to understand you. Oh my god, bars. Perfect. She's a witch. Later on, we get him and Gabby's last date before the real finale, and gasp, he also says he doesn't want to propose just yet. And gasp, she hates this. He says he loves her and wants to meet her in the real world, which, like, hot. But she can't stand this and just kisses him so they can avoid further conversation. I hate saying this, but, like, if he really did want to propose, then what's stopping him from doing it right now? Like, he's the only guy left. They already told each other I love you. Like, how cool would it be to have a pre-finale proposal? That would be incredible, and literally nothing is stopping him from doing that if he wanted to. So, oh well. I'm shocked Gabby cares so much about this, though, but I think it's just more overlord brainwashing. Or it's just them manufacturing tension so they can give us another three-fucking-hour episode. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, we've never been down to just one guy for this long before. It'll be three whole episodes that it's just Gabby and Erich. Isn't that weird? Like, what could the next episode possibly be? Like, three hours of picking out rings? I don't know. (laughs) I'm tired. Cheese King Tino also met Rachel's family, and I've decided that Tino has no object permanence. There was a shot of him sitting alone in his hotel room, and I just thought, there is nothing going on behind those eyes. When Rachel's in the room, he's obsessed with her, but when Rachel's not in the room, he's just like, bed? TV? Wall? Tino? Bored? He's a baby. He's a golden retriever. Love him. He pretty much nailed meeting the parents. I mean, he's definitely no stranger to tough parents. Rachel's famous egg-headed dad asked him some tough question, and Tino just smiles and goes, I'm going to make your daughter happy forever. Ugh, he gets it. He's not scared of you and your giant egg head. I love Tino, and apparently so does Rachel, because he's, well, the only guy left. So yeah, that's pretty much it for finale part one. Oh, oh, wait, I forgot to mention Avon wearing pearls during his After the Final Rose segment. He may not be able to pull it off like Nate, but damn, he still looked so good. The bushier eyebrows, the five o'clock shadow. Yes, Avon, we love your Salem, Massachusetts ass. Ask me.
Some questions, some real good questions. Believe when I say, ask me some questions. Ask me why. Okay, wow, I'm in a real boy band mood today. Okay, first question. Do you think the guys aren't ready to get engaged this season because it was shorter than other seasons? Less guys, less time? Wow, that's a great point. I mean, the first couple episodes were split between both women, and a lot of the season was spent navigating drama, navigating having two leads. This theory totally makes sense. I don't think they had as much one-on-one time with the leads this time around, so yeah, I can totally see the amount of time here being a factor. Next question. Ooh, we're aggressive here. But isn't the whole premise of this show to get engaged? Isn't that the whole point? Okay, okay, I totally hear you. And yes, getting engaged is part of the Disney fairy tale bachelor fantasy. And hey, maybe the answer is just get engaged at the end and then end the engagement if the relationship doesn't work out. Maybe I'm being too harsh here, but I'm kind of over the whole thing of like, I only want to propose once. Like, dude, people end engagements all the time. People get divorced all the time. That's life. If you're in love with someone, follow your heart. Follow it through all the way. And if it doesn't work out, who cares? Return the ring. Move on with your life. Don't let the fear of something not working out stop you from doing it in the first place. But with that being said, I personally love the idea of them just dating in the real world after the show. I mean, let's be honest, Matt James didn't want to propose on his season, and guess who of the past, like, six leads are still together with their final pick? Yeah. Last question. Oh my god. Do you believe that Chris orchestrated Kim and Ray J's sex tape? (laughs) We love a wild card question. Yes, 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 100%, absolutely. Y'all, this family facetunes pictures of their babies, okay? Nothing is beneath them. Nothing. I totally believe this rumor. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, let's do winner and loser of the week. My winner of the week is, yep, Rachel's after the final rose lip gloss. You think all lip gloss looks the same until you see someone with expensive, high-quality lip gloss. This wasn't no middle-of-the-mall Dr. Pepper lip smackers, okay? This was expensive gloss, and it looked good. Yes, girl. My loser of the week is, you guessed it, America's wedding industrial complex and its continued mind control over us all. Ooh, diamonds! Oh my god, okay, now I can say it for real. We are one week away! We're almost done with our first season of podcast recaps, our first season with two leads. Oh my God, this is history, baby. Can you feel it? Don't forget to follow Trashler on Instagram and on Twitter, both at Trashler, and I'll see you next week for the finale. Oh my God, bye.